1: All right, good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day. I know you're saying, what, Gary? It's not beautiful. It's raining out there. It's beautiful. We need it. We need the rain, even though it's not raining very hard. um, Getting a little bit of rain. Listen, Alabama's on the road this weekend up in Kentucky. Uh, to play the Wildcats tomorrow morning. So if it wants to rain tomorrow, uh, I know it's um, you know it's not ideal to rain on a weekend, but we need it so badly. And uh, I'm not going to complain one bit. And with Alabama out of town, nobody has to go to the game tomorrow in Bri- at uh, Bryant-Denny's. So let it rain tomorrow. You know, we can stay inside, watch football, uh, go to football parties, do whatever it is that you want to do. But we need this rain. So I think it's supposed to rain a little bit harder tomorrow. So uh, bring it on. It's uh, it's beautiful this morning, if you ask me. I got to play in the uh, baseball country golf tournament yesterday and had a great time it was uh, it was a little bit warm to be honest with you, a little bit humid but uh, today you know if it wants to rain let it rain I'm working and uh, this weekend it'll be an opportunity maybe to uh, get these uh, get the woods damp so that uh, these forest fires that are that are a major problem right now will give us a break. So I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the rain this morning. It What little bit that there is. I mean, it's just spitting a little bit, but it's just kind of nice to see it. And it's going to be a little bit cooler. So, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. Also want to give a shout out to our, uh, to our veterans today, because, uh, obviously, uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a very, 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 very important, uh, uh, a day to recognize the veterans. Tomorrow is actually Veterans Day, November the 11th, but since it's on a Saturday, we're recognizing it today with a, as a holiday and uh, people off from work with all the federal and state offices. And um, uh, thank you to our veterans, both current, you know, and those from the past and those that will be In the future, uh, that continue to uh, fight for our freedom and guarantee that we we have freedom in this country. We don't always get along, that's for sure, but you know what? We have the right not to get along. We have the right here to um, voice an opinion that might not be popular with someone else. It's not that way everywhere. You know, it's not that way in some countries. So, um, you know, the longer that we've been removed from, and I'm 59, turned 60 uh, in June. Um, you know, so I remember the Vietnam conflict as a, as a kid, but never lived through a world war. Um, and you know, we have had some conflict, but for the most part in our country, we live peacefully every day. You know, we're not, we, I know the November 11, um, attacks, but you know, outside of, um, I mean, September 11, I'm sorry. I'm getting uh, confused with veterans date uh september 11 attacks 2001 9-11 uh you know for the most part we go you know we go to work and uh go to school and and, and go to places without having to you know worry about looking up in the sky to see if we're going to get bombed so anyway i just want to make that uh acknowledgement of our veterans and um if you want to call in today with some stories about uh, freedom and about veterans in your family, someone that uh, maybe sacrificed uh, for us as a country, you're more than welcome to do that today. So we will, it's a sports and more, and we certainly, um, you know, if you've got a Veterans Day story, I know a lot of uh, um athletes that back in the day uh, when we were you know coach Bryant served in the, the military a lot of football coaches did in World War II and athletes and so forth like that so stories that uh, that you want to pass along we'd be we'd be happy to hear those all right I'm Gary Harris this is uh November 10 2023 my main man Justin Jones is right there on the other side of the glass uh hey Noah get that applause meter ready get to tell me when you got the applause thing ready to go cuz uh you know uh let's give it up for Justin Jones one time give it to me <clears throat> He's done a fabulous job, and <clears throat> today is his last day. Now, if I have my way, we'll get him back at some point, but <clears throat> he's uh, he's leaving us, but actually wednesday was supposed to be his last day and um i said man come on in on friday let's do one more friday let's do one more tgif edition and uh, we've got uh, you know our contest that we're going to run at 10 30 i don't know Noah to have to do that by himself although we'll have to figure out something by next friday noah because justin won't be with us but uh, we've got the bama football trivia coming up today presented by teton menswear and Town gallery university mall in fact we got a jam-packed show let me run it down for you first though i need to tell you this hour of the program is being brought to you by alabama credit union member owned and not-for-profit it's just a better way of banking i encourage you to visit alabamacu.com to learn more convenience and savings make life better the acu lifestyle account learn more now at alabamacu.com that's alabamacu.com alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money and pull extra change in your pocket. All right, coming up at 9.30, you know, we got a call yesterday about the Kentucky game in 1988 when Alabama rallied from down 17 nothing at half to win that game in Lexington over Jerry Claiborne and the Cats. And uh, we got a call about uh, that game uh, from a listener who had been there in 1988, and the guy that caught that winning touchdown pass, Gene Newberry, former Alabama quarterback and tied in, will join us at 9.30 here on the program to discuss his... Uh, Recollections of that <clears throat> incredible come, comeback in 1988. Of course, uh, Bill Curry was coaching the Wildcat against the Wildcats in 1988, and then in 1990 he would be the Kentucky head coach. They probably hired him a lot to do with the fact that uh, he won that game up there. But uh, we'll talk with Gene Newberry about. That game and about his recruitment out of Blytheville, Arkansas, by Ray Perkins as one of the top high school quarterbacks in the country, and what led him to make the move to tight end. And then at uh, 10.30, I should say it's the Auburn report with Brett Pritchard, of course from the Auburn Blitz. As we'll break it down, as the Tigers are going for their third win in a row on Saturday in Fayetteville against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And uh, always look forward to visiting with Gene and uh, also with Brett Pritchard. So that's our guest lineup for today. Also at 10.30, of course, Bama Football Trivia presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We'll run that contest today. We're giving away, it's on my uh, Twitter page at Harris underscore WVUA, also on the Tide page where they retweeted it. It's a beautiful print of uh, Trent Richardson against the Auburn Tigers in the 2011 Iron Bowl, and uh, he led Auburn up that day. We've got that print to give away coming up at 10.30. Also, as I said, our point spread predictions, and I know Chuck uh, um, is listening, our our great listener that uh, keeps me on my toes here with my picks. Uh, Chuck um, Wilkins always has it uh, kept up to date, but I've got myself with another winning record. It was actually... 4-3 and 1 is what I have. It was a push on the old miss game, but I don't keep up with the ties for the purposes of just <clears throat> entertainment purposes only. If I get a tie, tie goes to the winner here. Tie's not a loss. So when we do when I do my picks, I just keep it so I don't have to keep up with ties. But I got myself at 5 and 3. So I'm a little bit over on a roll now. I'm over 500 for the season and a nice comeback. So um I'm uh, going to give myself a little bit of credit for that so all that's coming up on the show today plus that great weekend music as i said it's our final go around for justin we've enjoyed having justin here on the gary harris show haiti's hey, got to leave us but um so keep him busy today yeah noah's over there shedding tears right now over losing justin but uh, justin and i are gonna go eat a brick and spoon after the show but how about that noah we're gonna to go to brick and spoon you're not gonna be able to go you'll be here working <laughs> Making me cry even more now Yeah, yeah, Justin's been wanting to go to Brick and Spoon And and uh, we're going to do that after the show today And go, uh, uh, he'll see the Gary Harris Special in person I haven't had it in a while So, it, you know, you get what you want, Justin I'm just saying the Gary Harris Special Woo! That's why, that's why I eat there about once a week. If I ate that every day, I'd probably, uh, as good as it is, I'd be gaining a lot of weight, that is for sure. So that's coming up after the show. But keep Justin busy. Keep Noah busy this morning. Let's have some fun. Uh, shout out to all our veterans. Getting ready for another big football weekend. Point spread predictions. As I said, I'm, uh, I've made a heck of a comeback. Now, let's see how many winning weeks in a row that is for me because I got off to that slow start, but you knew I'd rebound. I'm just too talented. I can't, you can't keep me down when it comes to the picks. I've had... Well, one of them was a 500 weekend, but I haven't had a losing weekend now since week four when I went four and five. Since that time, I've gone four and three, four and two, three and three, three and two, three and two, and... Um as I said, five and three. So I'm on a roll. So you might want to listen to my picks. It's 10 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. We come back. We'll get into phone calls. 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number on the first main condominiums hotline if you want to give us a call. Also, we'll break into some stories. Of course, uh, NFL football last night. Boy, it's a tough go right now for Bryce Young with the Panthers. They just can't score points. They lose to the Bears 16-13 last night. And uh, not an offensive touchdown in that game. They had a punt return for a touchdown. I still think Bryce is going to be fine. He doesn't have a lot around him, but uh, I think he's playing okay. They just can't make any explosive plays on offense. And uh, when you don't score points, it's hard to win games. They scored 13 last night get beat 16-13. to 13. Uh, We'll get you ready for the weekend in the NFL. And also, of course, the weekend in college football, we're going to run down all the SEC games. And as I said, coming up a little bit later on in the show, SEC point spread predictions for this coming weekend. So, Corey, you hold tight. You'll lead us off on the other side of the break. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and Noah Haynes ready to rock and roll this morning. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
2: This season of Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment.
3: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports and is brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. As we get set for Alabama and Kentucky on Saturday, here are some final thoughts from head coach Nick Saban.
4: I think the most important thing is um, players are a little better today, a little sluggish yesterday, but uh, responded a lot better today. Um, you know, I think it's important that tough to play in our league on the road. Uh, you got to be... Try to be physical, be the most physical team, which Kentucky kind of prides himself in being. And you got to have the right mindset and the right you know, mental approach to being able to do that in terms of how you practice, how you prepare and what you do and your mindset when the game comes because you just can't turn it on and turn it off.
2: So, I'll have more in a moment. Founded in Haleyville in 1965, Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been family-owned and operated in Alabama for over 58 years. Like their famous signature dipping sauce, Guthrie's has been imitated but never duplicated. Using the family's original southern fried chicken recipe, Guthrie's is still serving the best chicken fingers in the world. Just like you like them, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com.
3: We've got you covered for Alabama football against Kentucky on Saturday. Our radio coverage across the network will begin at 8 a.m. Central, leading you up right to kickoff at 11 a.m. For a full listing of our radio affiliates, head to RollTide.com. And don't forget, you can also listen to the game on the Varsity Network app and watch the Royal Furniture booth cam on YouTube and Facebook. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
0: Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients at Patterson Comer Way.
5: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and noticeably cooler today. Look for periods of rain through tonight. The high today's 67, tonight's low 52. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy and very cool. Some rain at times both days. Highs between fifty-eight and sixty-one. I'm James Spann on the ABC thirty-three forty Weather Center on Tide one hundred point nine. It's fifty-eight degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You see him on WVUA twenty-three covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show weekdays from nine to eleven on Tide one hundred point nine.
1: singing I'm tired of working my mind is buzzing I feel like dancing Yes I do cuz you got to make the best of life while you're young You young guys listen to that in there now Do what you want to do weekend What a great song What will he Mobile's own Jimmy Hall, lead vocalist for that great 70s and 80s rock band. Jimmy Hall still around, but that uh, that song gets you in the mood for the weekend from 1979. Wet Willie, the song is Weekend, and the album is Which One?" Which One's Willie? How about that? All right, we're going to jump out on the uh, First to Make Countless Hotline because we know which one is Corey, one of our great listeners from over in Trustful, and uh, he's ready to rock and roll and lead us off this morning. Hey, good morning, Corey. How are you? Hey.
6: I'm doing great, Gary. How are you? Doing well. Well, I'm looking forward to this Kentucky game for a couple of reasons. One, how does Alabama respond coming off an emotional win and traveling on the road at an early start? I mean, we've seen what Alabama did with Arkansas in a kind of a, a sluggish start, uh, well, second half and homecoming at 11 a.m. kick. This time it's on the road mm-hmm. against a better team in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and just kind of wonder how we come off of, of that kind of uh, see if we don't see if we can do better at 11 a. u. kick kick and just really just try to put the game away early. I mean, because I last thing you want is Kentucky hanging around and trying to pull off a major upset.
1: I agree 100. percent I think you want to uh, you want to take care of your business, Alabama, as. Started slow a lot of times this year, and and on the road, uh, you'd like to get off to a fast start. I just feel like Alabama's worked too hard to get to this point in the season to to have a letdown now, and and this is nothing against Kentucky. I think they're a good team, but when you've gone through that gauntlet that Alabama's had to go through to get to where they're at, to beat Ole Miss, coming off that... Lost to Texas and that poor performance against South Florida to go to College Station and beat A&M, to beat Tennessee, to beat LSU, uh, to get themselves in this position. I just can't see them giving it back now. Uh, You know, I picked it on Tiger Insider TV Tuesday night. I've got a Bama 31 and Kentucky 13. I I just think that Alabama, um, as I said, Corey's just worked too hard. You know, they put too much into this season. To, to get tripped up now. Uh, I do think Kentucky's a good team, but I think Alabama right now is playing at, at, at a level that's, that's higher than good. I, I think they're playing really well. They had their most complete performance against LSU. LSU's a better team than Kentucky. And, um, you know, I like Alabama here to keep it going.
6: Are you concerned any at all about Lawson and Key not
1: playing? Any effect of that? Sure. I mean, you you know you want all your you want you want all your players, and uh, Deontay Lawson is a terrific inside linebacker. But you know what? Uh, between Trez Marshall and and, and Jahid Campbell and some other guys, uh, I I think they'll be okay. You're not going to be as good anytime you take Deontay out, and and uh, you know Key has been a key key member, pardon the pun of that secondary. So sure, I'm concerned, but at the same time, uh, injuries are part of the game. Good team overcome them, and I think Alabama will be able to do that on Saturday.
6: Yeah, I just, just hope that it doesn't come at a crucial time.
1: No, of course. Again, listen, I'm, you know, am I concerned about the game? Sure. Uh, just because I'm picking at 31-13 doesn't mean that I'm not concerned. I mean, Alabama beat uh, Kentucky, uh, LSU by 14, but it was a close game, obviously, all the way in, you know, into the fourth quarter. So this, I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. 31-13 is 18 points, uh, but you can get to 18 points. I, th- I think they'll have to get to it o- over the course of four quarters. I don't think they're going to come out and just blow Kentucky out of the game. Uh, you know, I don't. I think Kentucky will be uh, competitive in the game. But I think over four quarters, uh, Alabama is just a better team. And I think over the four quarters of the game, like they, they've they done it, you know, all season, except for the Texas game, they'll find a way to to be the better team on Saturday. And uh, I'm confident in that. You know, we'll see what happens. But um, I kind of like that it. it's an early kick. I mean, I, I think that's, uh, it's tough traveling. They'll, they'll leave this afternoon. They'll fly to Lexington. They'll get up early. You have a pregame meal at like 7 o'clock in the morning. And... Um, But, you know, it also, the crowd in in Lexington won't have a chance to really get going either. So you play the game. If you win the game, then you're back here in Tuscaloosa in the early evening. And it's almost like you have a Saturday off, you know. If you can win that game, uh, let's say you get uh, the game's over maybe at 2.15. You're on a plane maybe by... 3.30, 3.30, you know, you're back home in time to have dinner in Tuscaloosa. So hopefully that's the way they'll approach it. It's a business trip. Get up there, take care of your business, get home, uh, you know, get ready for this game this coming weekend against Chattanooga. And then it's the Iron Bowl, man. So it's uh, it's it's time to go now.
6: What are your thoughts on this uh, Georgia-Ole uh, Miss game? Because I think Georgia will win, but I think Ole Miss could hang around and put a scare into Georgia.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, Ole Miss is a really good offensive team. And, um, you know, Georgia is a, you know... They're they're Georgia right now. You know this is this is the team that has eclipsed you know eclipsed Alabama at the top of the SEC mountain for now, and uh, but this is going to be a tough football game. I, I still probably uh, and I'll give my point spread predictions coming up. I mean I, I lean to Georgia at home. I mean I just think that as good as Ole Miss has, has been this season, you know they came to Tuscaloosa they couldn't win here. Um, you know I don't see them going to go into Athens and, and necessarily winning, but I'll have more on that game coming up. But uh, it's going to be a heck of a football game. You know it's and it's tomorrow night, and so you know with me not going to. Lex- you know and it's probably gonna be raining this weekend <clears throat> pardon me Corey. it's probably gonna be raining this weekend so i'm gonna be good to be a fan so i'm gonna be able to watch games all day and the, lot you know the weather spread out with alabama and kentucky in the morning you got uh, tennessee and missouri and, and auburn and, and arkansas in the mid-afternoon and then you got Ole miss and georgia and florida at lsu and and uh mississippi state at texas am tomorrow night plus you got vanderbilt in south carolina it's gonna be a fun day to watch football this this uh, this saturday and i'm looking forward to all these games
6: one of the games that's lost some of his luster, and and for me, I didn't really, I didn't grow up watching it, and that's Miami and Florida State. Um, because Florida State's else won a lot of games, and Miami's not really being great lately. But you wonder, does Florida State? Now, this may I might be looking at this wrong. Does Florida State? The, not really take Miami
1: seriously because they're not they're struggling. Where, where is the game at, Corey? I hadn't even looked you know, at.
6: Honestly, I don't know All either.
1: Right, look it up real quick, Justin, see if it's in Coral Gables or if it's in Tallahassee, because I think that could have, you know, something to to do with it. Hang on, Justin's gonna It's
7: at and, Tallahassee.
1: It's at Tallahassee, Corey. Yeah, um, it's a rivalry game. If it were in Coral Gables, not that they have a big fan base down there, but still, I you know Miami's just been so uneven. Um, do they have some talent? Yeah, uh, but I don't, you know, to be honest with you, just off off, off the hoof here a little bit, I, I just don't see that game being a very close game. I, I think Florida State, in the end, is going to pull away and win that by, you know, a couple touchdowns probably.
6: I, I agree, but I'm sure you remember when that
1: game used to be. So. Oh, heck, of course I do. I mean, all through the, listen, man, um, I'm 59 years old. I, I remember. I remember when both these teams came to prominence. You know, because you go back to the uh, the 60s and the early 70s, uh, both Florida State and Miami were terrible, Corey. I mean, terrible. Uh, Miami was considering dropping the program. And Florida State was not very good. And then Bobby Bowden got to um, um, Florida State. And, of course, you know, Miami had been through a lot of coaches, including Lou Saban, who is, uh, you know, um, obviously related to, to Nick Saban as, as, as a coach. And, but when uh, Schnellenberger uh, got to Miami and Bowden got to Florida State, the fortunes of those programs turned. And by the 80s, to be honest with you, uh, that was the game every year. Miami and Florida State was the game, and they had some battles, and oftentimes, you know, it would come down to a field goal, and we know all the field goals that that Florida State missed, wide right and wide left, and that kept them from winning national championships. So, I mean, that was a, uh, you had all that talent from that state on those two teams. Yeah, I do remember it well, and it was the game. And, uh, you know, now Florida State's kind of returned to national prominence, and Miami's trying to. Now, listen, for Alabama's, sake i'd love to see miami go in there and win the game i'm not gonna lie to you i'd love to see them go in there and win the game but i just don't see them doing it
6: yeah i mean either i mean and uh, uh we do need some help i mean we can't just went out and beat georgia i think we're we gonna have to have some help one way or another because uh if texas is the one team that's blocking us from getting in if if, if they if if the if Texas wins out and we went out and
1: other teams went out, we won't get in the playoffs. Well, I'm not gonna say that. I I I, I you know, again, I don't you know, things perceptions could change. You know, again, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong at the same time. If if you if your body of work includes going um Nine and oh in the SEC, which is what Alabama would do if they beat Georgia in the, you know, eight and zero in the regular season and you beat and you beat a Georgia team that might be on a you know a thirty game win streak or something, uh I I'm still not gonna say by that time. If you're you know, if Alabama's twelve and one and they're the only team to beat Georgia, <laughs> um I you know I don't know I just don't know how you keep them out I, at that point in time the the strength of the SEC what it's meant meant to college football has to come into play so let's just see how how it goes but um, again I, I can't imagine a world in which Alabama's twelve and one uh, wins the SEC championship beats Georgia because let's be honest if Georgia is unbeaten and Alabama beats them and the, they're not that's the best win in college football this year. Anybody that beats Georgia, whether it's Ole Miss tomorrow or Tennessee or Alabama, if you beat Georgia, that's the best win in college football. Period. Yeah. End of story. It yeah. won't be Michigan over Ohio State or Ohio State over Michigan or Washington over Oregon or Oklahoma over Texas or, or Texas over Alabama. The best win in college football at this point in this season is anybody that beats Georgia. Period. End of story. Regardless of where you do it. You beat Georgia, that's the best win in college football. So if Alabama's able to get to 11-1, and one, go to Atlanta, beat Georgia if they're 12-0, and 0, then that's the best win in college football. That has to mean something. I'm Sorry, whether you lost to Texas or, or regardless. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I I just can't imagine if Alabama is in that scenario that they don't make it. But, you know, first of all they gotta get to that point. You know, they gotta take care of their own business, Corey.
6: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> We all we all knew it was looming in a couple of weeks. Uh,
1: sure, we do. Yeah, of course. Every year yeah. it's looming. Every year, you know, the end of the, the, end of the mm-hmm. season when it's you know, if it were in, in Brian Denny, we wouldn't be concerned about it. But with it being a Jordan hare you know, you're gonna have to go down there and you're gonna have to strap them on, dude. And uh, so, like I said, for Alabama right now, I know that's Nick Saban's approach. He he's like, you know, everything takes care of itself. All we can control is what we can control, and that's the next game on our schedule, and that's Kentucky tomorrow, then Chattanooga, then Auburn, Corey. So that's the way he'll approach it. You know, I hear people calling. On the radio shows, and, and sometimes they say, "Well, don't uh, don't jinx them, you know. Don't be think. Well, I don't care. It doesn't matter what we do. I mean, I guarantee you, Nick Saban doesn't doesn't care if we're looking ahead. He's going to have the team focused on what they need to do. So we can we can speculate and talk about whatever we want. Uh, so that's not a problem. But for for the team, they got to be focused on the business at hand, and and that's Kentucky. And that's why Nick Saban's the best because he's going to make sure that they do that.
6: Yeah, I agree. Um, just uh, hoping for a. Get the
1: win and be come out healthy is all I'm looking looking at. Corey, tell you what, man, always a pleasure to hear from you, buddy, and uh, appreciate you listening to all our shows and appreciate you calling in. You've always got uh, good insight and you stay even kill and you don't get uh, you don't get too high and you don't get too low. It's a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Good talk to you, Gary. Roll Tide. All right, thank you, Corey. 9.29, we'll get to the break. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll come back with Gene Newberry, who was the star of that 1988 uh, Alabama come-from-behind victory over Kentucky in Lexington. And we'll do that next right here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and on 1230 AM WTBC.
0: Built to win. Ball game. Alabama wins. Built for championships. Heading for the pilot. Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide head to Lexington to battle Kentucky. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. Birminghamracecourse.com. You can be a winner, too.
1: Much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free in 1925 U.S. University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a Meat and Three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union Will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit AlabamaCU.com to learn more, some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good
0: about your money. Wanna what know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 129 app today. Ah!
1: Celebrating the good times on this CGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Again, shout out to our veterans for all that they've done for us. And I uh, thought this would be an appropriate song because Gene Newberry was celebrating back in 1988 up at then Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington, Kentucky, when the Crimson Tide rallied from a 17-0 halftime deficit in that game to win 31-27 over Jerry Claiborne's Cats in front of 53,000-plus fans there in Lexington. And... The quarterback turn tight end, Gene Newberry, capped off an 86 yard drive in the final couple of minutes with the uh, senior quarterback Vince Sutton leading the way. Uh, Todd Richardson having a huge 45 yard catch that he came back to make, set Alabama up down at the goal line. Remember, they were down 27 to 24. They could have kicked a field goal and um, gotten the tie, but Bill Curry went for it on fourth down and dialed up a play from Sutton and Newberry and the rest they say is a history. Great comeback for Alabama. Good
4: morning, Gene. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing great. And uh, you know, with that game being in Lexington, I came down to Panama City with my family. So you're talking about celebrating. It's it's beautiful here and looking forward to watching the game tomorrow. Uh, even though it's a eleven A. M. kickoff, I'm looking forward to watching it.
1: Yeah, we all are. And uh, you know, I I Had you on, of course, several times you're on radio and on TV to talk Bama football. But yesterday when somebody called in specifically about that 88 game and said they were there and we started kind of reminiscing the way that you are, you and I are, and I was like, well, I'll call Gene and just get him on tomorrow. But um, let's just and we'll focus on your career a little more in a moment, but let's just focus on that game. Uh, it was Bill Curry's second season. little we know at the time, two years later, he'd be coaching Kentucky, but uh, 87 had been kind of an average season by Alabama standards, and, and 88, uh, um, you know, was kind of in that same mode, and you went up there as Alabama, expecting to, to win that game. even though Kentucky had a good team with Jerry Claiborne, but what was the mindset at halftime when you went in that locker room down 17 nothing?
4: You know it's it's like every other game to be honest where you don't really think about the score uh these coaches are coming at you you know saying hey this is what we got to do in the second half and you're just kind of going through you know what you normally do whether you're up 17 points or you're down 17 points that that really doesn't change but i think at the end of it before you go out to the second half that's when you know your leaders of the team you know may get up and say something or you know coach curry would say something but in this case, uh, you know, Derek Thomas was, you know, um, Unbelievable. a vocal leader. <laughs> Unreal. And, like, he, he was a vocal leader, but he it wasn't just, every, you know, every time something happened, he he would scream. You know, he was uh, he was quiet a lot of the time. And I remember, you know, at the end of halftime, you know, he kind of got up there and just said, hey, look, you know, we're not losing to Kentucky. We're not losing this game. Let's go out. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the <laughs> – the beginning of those movies where you see, you know, the team screaming and yelling, uh, but that just lasts for just a few minutes. It, you know, when you come out of the locker, locker room in the beginning of the game or in the beginning of the second half, you can scream and yell all you want, but you still have to go out, you know, and do your job and play hard. So, um, you know, when you mentioned 87 season kind of in comparison to the 88, you know, we had Bobby Humphrey at tailback, a preseason high All American who, you know, hurt his ankle or hurt his uh, broke his foot against Vanderbilt. And that way turn out what he was even done for the year. Gene Jelks was injured, you know, blew his knee out. With, who was just a tremendous player that Coach Curry had moved the defensive back, and he was just an outstanding returner. Uh, so, I mean, we had a lot of pieces in place to have a great year in 88, but then, you know, you have those two injuries, and David Smith hurt his knee, and he was out for a number of games, did not play in that game. So there was a lot of things that were against us, but it's kind of, you know, the next man up mentality. You know, Vince – uh, and I both, you know, we just, you know, worked hard to try to be the quarterback, you know, our four years. And, you know, of course, he got to play some, but, you know, he even got redshirted his junior year, which rarely ever happens. So Vince and I both were just kind of, you know, hey, man, we're going to keep our head down. We're going to work hard. We're not going to complain and, uh, see what happens. And of course, you know, that was kind of both of our, like our 15 minutes of fame. It was great to be able to share that together. And I know I, I, I still have it somewhere. There was a really neat newspaper article that next week afterwards, you know, with a picture of both of us. And, you know, for people who don't know, Vince passed away a number of years ago. You know, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when you're quarterbacks together, you're you're friends. But, I mean, it's a competition, too. I mean, that's what you came to college for. So you're close, but you're also really going after the job. So um, that was really great for us when I moved positions. You know, it took a lot of that pressure off. And to to win it like that and – and be able to celebrate together, it was just, um, you know, it's like I said, my 15 minutes of fame in life are over.
1: Phenomenal game. And you mentioned Derrick Thomas, and and, and we know that um, – I'm going to ask you something about Thomas and Bennett in a minute, but Thomas in that game, uh, just to, to let people know that weren't around, how dominant he was in that game. He had 14 tackles, four sacks, a blocked punt, and a blocked field goal. And And so when the offense was struggling – uh, for the entire first half and some of that second half, he he literally almost single handedly Jean uh, lefty on that game uh, kept on that game.
4: Oh absolutely, he took over a lot of games. I know if you look back at some of the old YouTube highlights, you know I think it was the Penn State game. He had six sacks, and you know he still has the national record for sacks. And you know as great a player as Will Anderson was in college, uh, I'm just telling you, Derek Thomas is on another level from from all these guys. I mean his first step was just so quick and I can remember seeing him we played LSU you know they, their left tackle was probably you know one of these like our guys now he was probably like six five, you know 320 and I mean Derek got him off balance and flat back the guy you know coming out of his stance mm-hmm. you know to get around him and he was just he was a special player but also you know like I said he was a leader for us so you know when we're running sprints in the summer and all those things you know he wasn't one of those guys that like hey you know I've made it I'm I'm whatever, you know. I'm Derek Thomas. I'm preseason All-American. I'm, I'm going to win all these awards. He was in first place, and so just a tremendous leader. And you know, he's he's really missed when we all get back together. When we talk about different guys, you know, Derek's definitely one of the guys that uh, you talk about. He just he lit up a room when he came in.
1: Gene Newberry with us, reminiscing about 1988 Alabama at Kentucky. Great football game, tied down 17-0, would come back to win that game 31-27. Gene caught the winning touchdown pass in the, in the waning seconds. Let me ask you about Bill Curry, because you had been recruited as an All-American high school quarterback out of Bifo, Arkansas, by Ray Perkins um Ray Perkins seemed like he was on the verge of something big uh really getting this Alabama program back 85 and and 86 were both really close and then uh he gets the big money offer from Hugh Culverhouse and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and he's gone Gene I mean just like that I mean you know that's that's business and he was back to the NFL and um a lot of you know discussion about Bobby Bowden coming in um you know Howard Schnellenberger Gene Stallings even at that time and the next thing you know you got Bill Curry coming in but um how did, how did, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, did you like playing for Bill Curry? I mean, what was that experience like from Perkins to to Bill Curry? Did, uh, did you enjoy him? I mean, he seemed like a really good guy and, um, you know, was in a tough spot coming in from Georgia Tech, but what was the experience like playing uh, and transitioning from Perkins to Curry? And did you enjoy playing for Bill Curry?
4: Well, I can tell you one of the kind of regrets I have (laughs) probably in my athletic career. And, you know, I've always been cordial to everybody and, Try to never be a jerk. Always, you know, treat everybody as well as I can. But, you know, worked so hard. You know, when the Kentucky game happened. I, you know, I caught the touchdown. And, but in the in the in the spring, actually, you know, I, I was mentioned to you the other day. You know, I was supposed <laughs> to play baseball. I was supposed to play both sports. And I'd already went out like for the first day, and I got a call. like, hey, Coach Curry wants to talk to you. And long story short, he just said, look, if you try to play baseball and don't all, go all the way through spring. You know, you have a one-year renewable scholarship. We don't have to keep you on scholarship. And, uh, you know, it really hurt. I said, look, I'm going to get an A club ring no matter what, whether I'm going to walk on now or what. But I said, I, you know, I forget baseball because I really I want to play this year. You know, I'm tired of staying on the sidelines. So he said, okay. So I went through spring and, you know, ended up, you know, moving to tight end. Things worked out great. Uh, and then, you know, as we got to that the Kentucky game, when the game was over, I can remember we all have our separate buses, like offense, defense, and he always was sitting on the bus with us. So he and his wife are sitting in front of the bus. You know, I'm as elated as I can possibly be. You know, just, you know, all your teammates are patting you on the back and everybody's, you know, talking about the play. And we get on the bus, and the very first person I see on there is Coach Curry. And, um, you know, he looked up at me and he just said, you know, well, I guess you showed me. And, uh, and I just looked at him instead of saying, thank you for, you know, the play and all these different things I should have said, <clears throat> you know, I just said, yes, sir. And I walked to the back of the bus hmm. and then we get home and I'm watching all these highlights and he's just said all these great things about how I worked hard and, you know, didn't complain and all, you know, all these great things. And so it, to this day, you know, I still, and you know, I did, I did apologize to him when I saw him several years after that. I said, you know, coach, I should have really thanked you for all these opportunities because, you know, you as as great as that ended up being. You know, I did not want to be a tight end. I didn't come to college to play tight end. But you know, when when something like that happens, where you get moved to kicker or hold or wherever they put you at, you know, you're still at Alabama. You're still you still got to do your best to try to be elite. And uh, you know, so I, did, I always worked hard. I never complained. But um, you know, the, I just didn't have the kind of relationship with Coach Curry because he didn't recruit me. that I did with Coach Perkins. And, uh, but he was great. You know, he's probably one of the best guys. If you had a story to hear, um, you know, he, he was the last pick in the draft. He played for Vince Lombardi. He was on the Colts team, you know, when they lost to Joe Namath. Like if you wanted to hear, you know, some preseason and, and during the season stories, um, he was incredible. And, uh, um, but I, I have a lot of respect for him because he came into an extremely tough situation and, you know, it's just that Alabama fans, they didn't like Georgia Tech coaches or That's right. anything like
1: that. <clears throat> so It was tough. Yeah, and like I said, little do we know that day in 1988 that uh, two years later, Bill Curry would be coaching uh, at Kentucky a uh, year after he led Alabama in 1989 to an SEC championship and uh, almost in a you know position to play for a national championship. but They couldn't win that first Iron Bowl down at, uh, at Jordan here. Hey, I want to ask you about something I've been meaning to, to ask guys that, that played with both these guys. Um and it's really no debate. They're both awesome players, and I know D T learned a lot from, from from Cornelius Bennett, Biscuit. But I thought that Derek Thomas in eighty eight and eighty nine had or eighty seven and eighty eight had two of you know two of the more dominant seasons that we've seen seen in college football, as you said. But and and he's in the pro football hall of fame. I think Cornelius Bennett should be. But I want to ask you in terms of the the two players, um you played with both of them. I always thought from just a pure physically dominant um, standpoint, I've I've not seen many people like Cornelius Bennett. Uh, Gene, you came in 84, right? Correct. Yeah, when Bennett got here in 83 out of Inslee High School, he was already, I thought, the best player on the team. And I mean that. I thought he was the best player the day he arrived. He was physically ready to play. He could have played on offense at tight end. Probably could have played fullback, uh, could play inside linebacker, play outside linebacker and was just a dominant physical specimen and for 4 years he dominated in college football as good as DT was DT was a you know when he came in in 85, it took a little time for him. And uh, so when I hear people say automatically, of course, you go back to Leroy Jordan, Woodrow Lowe and all those. But when they, I hear people automatically say, you know, Derrick Thomas was the best linebacker of his era, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm not saying he wasn't a dominant player, but I think people forget. I mean, Cornelius Bennett was a grown man out of high school, Gene. I'm telling you, that 83 team, he was the best player on the team. And he was in 1984, and he was in 1985, and he was in 1986. I haven't seen many players come through Alabama that the minute they arrived to the minute they left, they were the best player on the team. And he could play inside, which he did. He could play outside. He could rush the passer. He could, he could play pass coverage, which is not something that, that DT did a lot of. So I think they're both great. But when I hear people just automatically say DT is the best, I say, wait a minute here. Let me tell you about Cornelius Bennett. So you played with them both. I'm curious to your, your reaction to that statement.
4: Yeah, and I do get asked about that a lot. Um, physically, like when you when a guy walks into the locker room, both of them are guys. They're, they're, sure. You just say automatically they're different, okay, The first of all. But I'll say this about the, the difference I look at. You know, I think Cornelius was a much more physical player, like in the run game, Yeah,
8: much absolutely. better
4: in the run game. Um, you know, he, he had elite speed uh, for his size. You know, a guy that big, I mean, he he ran legit in the four fours. <laughs> and uh You remember it, when he ran off, down so Anthony
1: Miller in Tennessee in 86 That's what on I the reverse?
4: I mean, Tennessee's got... Olympic receivers, Olympic speed receivers, and he's running them down on reverses. And and I can tell you, you know, coming in early in the spring in eighty four, uh, Coach Perkins actually told Cornelius, you know, when I was playing quarterback, he's like, I want you to kinda of test this kid. And so I've been the uh recipient of what he used to call the sickle, which is where he comes up behind you and it's not a horse collar, but where he just, you know, gets that hand over the top of your helmet and just I mean, about knocks you out, yeah. out of bounds wherever you wherever you end up going. So just the power—he had a lot more power, I feel like, than Derek. Um, but he, just, I mean, like when you said fullback, he—I think he played some tailback at Ensley So, and he blocked a punt. I remember our freshman year, like, or maybe his freshman year in '83. But Cornelius was just extremely physical. Um, Derek was so fast mm-hmm. off the ball; right. it just allowed him <clears throat> to get more sacks. So, if you judge it on sacks, which a lot of people do, you'll say, "Oh, well, Derek was the best." But I think they were both just you know they were they were for any era they were elite yeah they both you put were
1: in the game now yeah yeah you, and you that's why i wanted to ask you you covered. you played with that i think it's a complete like you said play in the run ability too that that not everybody can play inside and then move outside the way that that, that bennett did um you know so happy that that dt's in the pro football hall of fame i just you know i, I wish bennett was and i'm just you know you just worry that he'll never make it, and he was on those great Bills teams. And if the Bills had won a Super Bowl, he'd probably be in. Or if he not played on a team that has so many other Hall of Famers, you know what I'm saying? So that's uh, what hurt, that hurts him. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see him make it in. I, I know that Biscuits in the, I guess they're both in the College Football Hall of Fame, right, Gene?
4: Yeah, I'm pretty sure both of them are. I think Derek was, you know, the most recent one. I think Cornelius went in before him, but you know, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it's just the ultimate for these guys. And, and he put in a career's worth of work, you know, and had those four Super Bowls they lost. Then he lost the Super Bowl. The Falcons. Falcons. Uh, with the Falcons, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to lose, but, but you played in five. Even though you lost them, you played in five Super Bowls, and you were a major factor for your team getting there. You yeah, know, just well,
1: they were both great, and, you know, they played two years together. And that's, uh, you know, that was, uh, I can remember, you know, when, Derek got here, you could see he flashed that ability. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but spending those two years with Bennett, I, I I don't have any doubt that that benefited DT. And when Cornelius left, um, you know, DT was ready to step it up <laughs> and take over that. Yeah,
4: he absolutely, he absolutely did. But they were just, they were just special guys. Like, you, you know, there's certain people when they just come in the room as an athlete, you just go, wow, I mean, that guy right there. And then when they start doing things on the field, even if it's in shorts, I mean, When you see somebody the size of Derek and Cornelius in person, and they're running faster than running backs, and and quicker than you know your best wide receiver, you're you're, it's just you're in awe. And then when they do it on the field, you know, and it's not just athletic ability; they transfer, and they they're actually great players. Uh, man,
1: they were special. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be hit by those guys. All right, let's get to this year's team. Uh, you've watched it closely. I mean, it's been a work in progress, but, boy, for them to come from where they were to where they are now, and, and, and Gene, as a former quarterback, you can relate um, with what you went through. I don't know why it went down the way it did with Milro after the Texas game, sitting out the South Florida game. I don't know if it was just recent and, and – um, Saban wanted to get a look at those two other guys. or promised them to get a look, but it seemed like in the long run it's worked out. And uh, what have you seen from this team, and what have you seen from Jalen Milrow specifically?
4: Well, you know the Texas game was hard to watch, and if you go back to last year, I know it's a whole different team, but we just had so many penalties. And then you get the Texas game; I think we had ten or eleven, and you're like, "Here we go again," because th- those penalties and and the you know the interception for touchdown things like that. I mean, I don't care how good you are. It's so hard to overcome. And as you look as the year's gone on, you know, the team has gotten better on the penalties. But, you know, when I look back to the beginning of the year, I mean, you're starting, as great a player as Caleb Downs is, he's still starting out for the first time. It's not like you just throw in there and all of a sudden you're going to be an All-American. And, you know, you're, st- you're starting left tackles a true freshman. you got all these young guys. And Texas was a huge game. I mean, uh, I don't care if it's a home game or not. I mean, you're wide-eyed. You're just wondering, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do on this play? And if you make one wrong move, you know, you, you've you given up a stack or you've given up a long th- throw and things like that. So as the season's gone on, you know, our defense has come on. Those guys are getting more experienced. The backups are just doing tremendous. And, you know, mentioning Milrow, um, I don't know if there's ever been a player like him that's like, he's up for the Heisman Trophy, and he has a game where he has zero stats. Didn't even play him. Like, I mean, it's just in preseason, you know, didn't even know if he's going to be the quarterback or not. And look where he's at now. So I've got a lot of respect for him. He, you know, he's answered every question when he didn't get to play, when he had, you know, not a great game against Texas. And then now you get to the LSU game and he's not saying, hey, I showed you and I told you so. He's just, you know, he's been a leader for the team. Um, and I'm telling you, they, they they know now that he's the guy and they've got a rally behind them, but this this season's just been it's been unbelievable, you know.
1: Real quickly, Gene, just a score prediction for tomorrow because we
8: got to go.
4: I'm gonna say like 42-17. I don't know if they'll get 17, but being at home, you know, we may have a little slow start with the early deal, but um, I just feel like we're gonna put it on defense. Uh, this year has just been outstanding, and I just, I don't think they're gonna let up. I think they they want to be elite, and they're gonna play really hard uh, in the game. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate you having me on, Gary, man, every time.
1: Enjoy your beach weekend, okay?
4: All right, buddy. Thank you, man.
1: All right. Gene Newberry, former Alabama quarterback and tight It's 9.53. We'll take a break and come back and wrap it up. Uh, Hour number one. Time flies when you're having fun. We'll be back after this. Today, and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9,
5: Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and noticeably cooler today. Look for periods of rain through tonight. The high today, 67. Tonight's low, 52. Or tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy and very cool. Some rain at times both days. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I don't care about you
9: It's Friday, I'm in love Monday you can fall apart And Tuesday, Wednesday break my
1: heart Oh, Thursday doesn't even start It's Friday, I'm in love Saturday wake And Sunday always comes too late but Friday never hesitate. There we go. Friday I'm in love. Our first hour getaway song. Last time Justin's gonna get to play it. At least for the foreseeable future,
7: man. Justin, are you feeling are you feeling melancholy at all? No, not really. I'm in a good mood. I, I'm I'm loving this music we're playing. I'm glad that I, I get to do it one last
1: time. Yeah, I'm glad you get to do it one last time, too. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union member owned and not-for-profit, hour number two is on the way. Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report at 1030, also our Alabama Football Trivia presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University of Mall, giving away that Trent Richardson print from the 2011 Iron Bowl, SEC point spread predictions, and more, all coming up in the second hour of the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Let's keep rocking and rolling, everybody. Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Las Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Las Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport.
0: Here's Nick Cope.
2: Well, it sounds like today is the day we will get some clarity on Michigan, Coach Jim Harbaugh, and the sign-stealing scandal in Ann Arbor. With ESPN reporting, the Big Ten is expected to announce any potential punishment against the Wolverines this afternoon. Michigan is traveling to Penn State today for their big matchup on Saturday. Last night in college football, number 11 Louisville rallied to beat Virginia 31-24. Cardinals outscored the Cavaliers 17-3 in the fourth quarter, to improve to nine and one in the NFL, the Bears edged the Panthers on Thursday Night Football, sixteen to thirteen. In the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo scored fifty-four points, the most by any player in the league this season. But the Bucks fell to the Pacers, one twenty-six to one twenty-four. College basketball had wins in the top twenty-five for number four Michigan State, number twenty Baylor, number twenty-one USC, and number twenty-three Saint Mary's. Always
0: live, always local, dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
9: The new drought monitor was released this morning and it shows northern Pickens and northern Tuscaloosa counties along with all of Lamar, Fayette, and Walker counties now in extreme drought. The remainder of the region, except for northern Marengo County, in severe drought. Computer models are now showing we may get more rain than originally expected today through the weekend. As much as an inch, the rain will not end the drought, but it could slow down its growth. As a result of that drought, 22 wildfires are currently burning across west Alabama, 138 statewide. For
2: the latest local
0: news in Tuscaloosa Bama Sports Updates and
8: severe weather information download
2: the free Tuscaloosa Threat app never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates
1: All right, 10.03, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show, the TGIF edition. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you. Uh, Justin's final day with me there in the control room. So uh, call him and uh, say hello if you want to 205-342-9904 and and thank him on a job well done maybe i'll get him back in here in the future but for now this is his final day of course noah haynes has been hanging out with us as well we appreciate you listening to the program we had a good first hour We're gonna have some more fun here in the second hour all our great weekend music yeah so every now and then i know you have to you have to listen to me singing but i don't sing for long so it's just i'm in a good mood i'm having a good time today and I want you to have a good time with us uh, we'd love to hear from you as i said on the first domain condos hotline at 205-342-9904 this the Gary Hair Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Clients and prospective clients are treated with respect and care. And Paul Patterson and Mike Comer are gentlemen of the uh, highest degree. I know both of them very, very well. And uh, if I... Need a personal injury attorney? (laughs) There's no doubt who I'm calling. It's Patterson Comer. I'd like for you to think in the same manner because they're here in West Alabama, feet on the ground, and uh, if they take your case, there's never a penny out of pocket. It's contingency. You only have to give them money if they collect for you. Otherwise, it doesn't cost you a dime, and they will work hard. They'll be with you all the way, even if you have to go to court. I think that means something. Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike Comer's in Northport at 205 759 Patterson Comer Law Firm, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Find out more at Pattersoncomerlawfirm.com.
2: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
1: All right, Justin, for a couple of minutes here, uh, and I got my SEC point spread predictions coming up in the next segment. We got Brett Pritchard with the Auburn report and our Alabama football trivia coming up at ten thirty. I, I want to visit with you about Bryce Young and you know what's going on with with the Carolina Panthers and what the temperature is there with, with that organization and the fans because we don't live in a time of of uh, of patience anymore. And we don't live in a time where fans want guys to develop. You know, hey, you're number one overall pick. You were drafted. You're the first player taken in the draft. You're supposed to come in here and save us. Well, it's not happening. Um, the Panthers are 1-8. And, and And, let, Justin, let's just be honest about it. Uh, that's a bad offensive football team they're good enough they're good enough on defense to win some games and the fact that they've only won one this season has direct bearing on how poorly the offense is played and I, i'm i'm pulling them up right now because i want to just kind of go through what this what this team has has dealt with offensively last night they scored 13 points and didn't have an offensive touchdown in the game Bryce was 21 of 38 for 185 yards. Good news is that he didn't throw an interception, but he didn't throw a touchdown. As a team, they had 213 total yards, man. And their defense only gave up 295 yards and 16 points. That, that should be enough to, to have a chance to win the game. But so far this year, they've scored, and in, in this is running the games down, they've scored 10, 17, 27, 13, 24, 21, 15, 13, and 13. Now, Justin, I'm also looking at the quarterback because he is the quarterback, and he was number one pick. And I like Adam Thielen if this was three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. But if Thielen's your number one guy, and he's a cast off of the Vikings, and he's 33 years old, um, and that's your, that's your number one receiver, which he clearly is, Let's just be honest. This offense doesn't have a lot of explosive players on it. So it's not all on Bryce.
7: No, it's not. It's not all on Bryce. And if you watch a Panthers game, you can see that. The offensive line has struggles. Like you said, the receivers have struggles. And Harrison Smith is, is a good receiver still, I think, as a second guy or a third guy. Maybe not, not the number one. You don't have a – I think you said earlier in the show, Gary, you don't, they don't have a big play. They don't have a deep threat. They don't have a good run game. And Bryce is constantly – it's it's almost a, a, like watching Alabama last year where we constantly saw Bryce having to fend for his life and his O-line wasn't very, helping him very much at all, except it's worse. <laughs> so the Panthers really need to go out, and, and whether that's in the trades or in the draft, and get some more weapons and protection for Bryce, which is going to be hard because – they basically gave everything away that they had already to get him. So they're in a tough position. And, and Bryce says, uh, man, I hope he, he can find something to help him get going with that team.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, I mentioned the 27 points that they scored, uh, and that was the high point of the year. And that was, with, that was against Seattle, and that was a game that Bryce sat out. And Andy Dalton came in and threw for 361 yards in the game. Bryce is yet to throw for 300 in a game. Plus, let's just be honest, it's the comparison era. You got all these talking head shows and the fact that CJ Stroud, who was the number 2 overall pick, taken by the Texans is having a phenomenal season, including last week throwing for a rookie record in terms of passing yards. So, that doesn't help Bryce. But, it's, but it's, I still think Bryce is going to be fine. I we saw him. Bryce is a great player. You know, it it's tough. I mean, Playing quarterback in the National Football League and stuff, and and listen, there's a reason the Panthers were picking
7: number one number one overall, just because they weren't good. That was a bad football team. Well, and to be fair to to Bryce and the Panthers, they beat C.J. Stroud in the Texans. What, they did. Two, That's two their only ago.
1: one. <laughs> um,
7: and then I want to point out with the Andy Dalton game, since I am a Seahawks fan, Andy Dalton I think is still very capable as a quarterback, especially as a backup. Um, but that Seahawks secondary had injuries all over the place, so it was a very weak. Seahawks defense that has since been better as players have come back. Yeah,
1: um, I'm with you. I'm with you. But anyway, I just hate it for Bryce. Although, listen, man, he's making millions of dollars. He's got the world on a, you know, the world is his oyster. He's going to be fine. But yeah, I wanted to have see him have some success this year. But you know it, it it's quarterback. It didn't happen for Tua right away. In fact, you know Tua really struggled. His, his, you know, first couple of years until Mike McDaniel got in there. You know, Jalen Hurts has exploded, but he, he was a backup his first year. Uh, Mac Jones had a really good rookie year for the Patriots, but now he's struggling with a bad team. So, uh, you know, Tua's flourishing, Jalen's flourishing, Mac is struggling, and Bryce as a rookie is struggling. But that's four starting quarterbacks. Again, I continue to point this out. The last four starting quarterbacks that Alabama's had, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young are all starting in the National Football League. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal streak, and all four of them are three or number one picks, number one draft picks. And, and Jalen out of Oklahoma, we have to have to point that out. He played his final year at Oklahoma, was a second round pick. Now the next one up could be Jalen Milro. and um, you know a lot of people would would have laughed at that, you know, early in the year. But I'm telling you, in this in this era of dual threat quarterbacks. Jalen Milrow is doing some stuff. I'm just going to tell you, he's doing some stuff, and um, this may sound silly, Justin, but he is a third year sophomore, which means he is eligible for the draft. And if he were to finish this season up on a, let's say Alabama does run the table, and he finishes this season, you know, someone called the other day, out there or last week, and said, Do you know, you think Milrow will be back? And I said, I don't know why he wouldn't be, but. You know, sometimes you strike when the iron's hot. If he finishes this season up in style, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he gets a good draft grade and he goes ahead and tests the NFL draft waters. Maybe we need to start
7: drumming up some NIL so that we can yeah, keep him. <laughs> keep him
1: because he's playing really well right now. But anyway, as far as Bryce is concerned, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I wanted to see him do better. I, you know, I, I don't think he's playing terrible. I don't. I, again, I, I look at. I look at the team that he's on, but at the same time, you hate it for that team because they've got a they've got a good defense. Kind of like the Jets. You know, Jets have a Jets have a championship defense, and their offense is just horrible. Uh but I'll, I do like this from the Panthers. Frank Reich, the head coach, the ownership group, they believe in Bryce. They really do. And they're building their team around him. They're letting him take his lumps. So You look at where they're at right now, and you look at the record of 1-8. and That's nine games. So they've got eight games left. They're a little more than halfway. Bryce has thrown for just eight touchdowns in nine games. That's less than a touchdown a game. He has thrown seven interceptions, which is not a terrible number if he had, say, 15 or 12 or 13 touchdowns, but eight touchdowns and his quarterback rating is is 31st. Not good. But you know what? They should have won that game or could have won that game last night. Uh they've had some games, you know, they 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 could have beaten the Saints early on. Could have beaten the Vikings. So, did beat the the Texans. So they they could have Best case scenario, they could have three or four wins. And as I said, their defense has, you know, for the most part, been pretty good.
7: It always bothers me how NFL teams want to do rebuilds from the top down. We saw the Dolphins do it. Of course, it's starting to work out for them, but they get Tua, but they don't have an O-line. They don't have receivers. And the same thing we're seeing with the Panthers. They get Bryce, but they're missing everything else. What what do you think it is, uh, I, the, the flashiness of a quarterback and having one, what that does for for the team's value, Gary, that they, they want to do it top down instead of bottom up?
1: Oh, I don't know. It it's it's I just think the quarterback is always the key component that these these NFL teams feel like. You know, you gotta have a quarterback so that seems to be always where they start the rebuild, instead of like you said, building it from the ground up. Maybe getting your interior guys and and then trying to find the quarterback later. And there are you know there are teams that have done that. There have been teams that have built from kind of inside out and then got the team and then went out and either got a free agent quarterback or or not as, as highly drafted quarterback. Felt like hey if we if we have a really good team. You don't have to have the quote-unquote franchise quarterback to win. We've seen teams do that.
7: I think the Lions are a perfect example of that. We saw Dan Campbell get in there, and they started drafting guys like uh, Panay Sewell and, Mm -hmm. and Aiden Hutchinson. And all of a sudden, you don't even need to get a quarterback because Jared Goff is good enough with that cast. To, to win you some games. It's just very interesting.
1: True. And also, uh, you know, but with with the Lions, you know, hey, listen, it worked out for the Rams. They got Stafford and they won a Super Bowl. Now, they're not good now. But people forget Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. And and in the long run, the Lions may wind up getting the better of that quarterback trade. All right, that's enough uh, about that. We're going to get to the break. Before we do, though, I um, I want to remind you that the YMCA of Tuscaloosa has got a lot going on just in time for the holidays. November and December are happening. New high-speed Wi-Fi internet was installed last week. They've got new cardio equipment coming November the 20th. We'll have individual TV screens, on-demand fitness programming, streaming, and Bluetooth capability. And this morning, they celebrated, I mentioned this yesterday, the veterans and first responders with a breakfast, that's the kind of community organization they are. And the YMCA community, Open Doors Wellness Week will be from November 27th to December 2nd, will be free to the community all week. Now, take make note of this. If you want to try out the Y, you have an entire week, November 27th through December 2nd. To try out the why through the Open Doors Wellness Week will be free to the community all week long. Seminars, special events, special classes and that's something you need to take advantage of. Make a note of that. It's going to be a great time during the holidays at the YMCA. A great time for you to discover the Y and all of the programs that it has to offer. The YMCA is located at twenty three hundred Thirteenth Street downtown Tuscaloosa. You can call them at 205-345-9622 or find out more at ymcatuscaloosa.org and we'll be back with my SEC point spread predictions. A little slow for this Friday. I guess it's because it's raining and Alabama's on the road this weekend at Kentucky, but love to have some more phone calls too. And then at 10 30, the Bama Football Trivia Contest presented by T Town Menswear and T Town Gallery in the University Mall. And um, we will give away that. You can see it at my Twitter page at Gary Harris underscore WVUA, that uh, Trent Richardson print from the 2011 Iron Bowl by Greg Gamble. We'll be back after this. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients at Patterson and Billy's Sports Grill located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award winning wings and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high definition televisions, both dining rooms at the bar and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's. Good food, good friends, and good
5: time. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and noticeably cooler today. Look for periods of rain through tonight. The high today 67. Tonight's low 52. Or tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy and very cool. Some rain at times both days. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hot!
0: Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go.
1: night's all right for fighting, but well, not really. Have a good time, but, but don't fight. But uh, Elton John brings us back in on our TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. We'll get to point spread predictions. Uh, may have to wait to the final segment because the phone line's now asking you shall receive. Phone lines are backing up, so we've got uh, some phone calls ready to go, and Tommy over in Romulus is going to lead us off. Hey, good morning, Tommy. How are you?
8: Hey, how are you?
1: Doing well, my friend.
8: Great. I'm not worried about Bryce yet because when you draft a quarterback number one, most of the time your team is not ready to play in the playoffs. That's right. You got to get him some offensive linemen. That's right. I mean, so don't everybody panic about Bryce. He'll be fine. It takes time. I mean, remember he's only in Alabama three years. That's right. Still a very young, young quarterback or NFL player.
1: No doubt about it, man. I'm I'm with you 100. Just uh, it's a football is a developmental game, and and as you said, he, he went to a team that picked number one overall for a reason. They're not good, and it's going to take some time. And just people, and it's hard. We don't want to be patient anymore. We want to just you know draft a quarterback and have him lead you to the Super Bowl. It doesn't like it doesn't work out like that. You know, it, it's a it's a it's a process.
8: him. Yeah, yeah, I
1: moment. did too. I, I enjoyed that conversation. Glad you
8: did. Yeah, the only thing I can make a comparison to Benny, him and poor Leroy Jordan probably going to get left out of the Pro Hall of Fame.
1: I know, it's disappointing. Both of them ought to be in there. And uh, Leroy Jordan was a phenomenal middle linebacker in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. He should be a pro football Hall of Famer. Cornelius Bennett should be a pro. The only thing you can hope for, if, because I'm with you, I don't think they, you know, and Leroy's already in the, you know, the veterans uh, committee will put him in. And maybe some point in time, uh, Bennett will get in through the veterans committee because it doesn't like us, you know, Bennett's still on the modern day ballot, but uh, you kind of feel like his his window's closed too. Yeah. Now, you,
8: I like to see him getting a special uh, Leroy before he passed away. Well, yeah, that's the same? thing.
1: You know, Stabler got in, but, you know, and we were glad that he got in, but it would have been so much better, Tommy, if he'd gotten in while he was alive. You know what I mean?
8: Yes, yes, yeah. His family can enjoy and he could get some of the respect that he truly deserved as a player. I agree with Larry, you. I wish you a great Friday thanks for taking my call. Rose Thank tide. you,
1: Tommy. Always a pleasure to hear from you, Tommy and Romulus. Uh, great uh, listener to all our shows here on tide. All right, let's get to Lewis and then we'll get to dossie. Hey, good morning, Lewis. How are you?
9: Morning, Gary. I agree with Tommy, uh, Dean's interview, the, the nostalgia of, of talking about those years. That was, that was a good, good interview. And, uh, um, you know, Gary, you'll probably know this. You're good at trivia. Did, uh, did the, uh, Derek Thomas not have nine sacks in an NFL game? I I could
1: swear on that. He had correctly. seven. He had seven against the seven. Seattle Seahawks. And, I, and I'll tell you the funny story. Um, I want to say that was the 90 season, maybe 91, but it was early in the early in the season because I uh, I was working at a TV station in Mississippi and those were the, the days before the satellite feeds were blocked. So I'd go to the TV station on Sunday. It was like a sunny ticket before there was a sunny ticket. And I could just pull up all the different satellite. Yeah, I could watch any game I wanted. And I was watching that game. Here's the irony of that game because I remember it well. He had seven sacks. Dave Craig was the... Um, Seahawks quarterback. Late in the game, the Chiefs have a lead. Uh, Dave Craig is back to pass. Derek Thomas had him dead in his grasp, Lewis, and Craig got out of that and threw a touchdown pass to beat the Chiefs on the, uh, not the final play, but I mean near the end of the game. And it might have been a third or fourth down play. But, and I remember Derek Thomas saying, you know, or, or, or Marty Schottenheimer saying, DT got seven sacks. Was absolutely dominant, but was the one that he didn't get that he'll remember. So he should have had eight, and that should have been. But you know, even the yeah, I mean, I, I see it. He came around that edge like he could do. Like had that bend, he beat the tackle off the corner. Had I mean, literally had Craig just like the other seven sacks. He had him right there, and somehow that guy got away, and not only got away, but threw a winning touchdown pass.
9: Well, I inflated it a little bit in my memory, but I knew it was an unbelievable number. And I'd like to bring up one other thing real quick. Jerry, you know, every time uh, Steve Spurrier Spurrier is interviewed before a Bama game or whatever, he has to bring up his 2010 win over Alabama. It's like one of his crowning achievements. Oh, of
1: course he he does. Of course he does. It was one of his crowning achievements. I I know he won a national championship in Florida. And by the way, you know, um, let's just say this. I mean... He probably should have won more than one, but uh, so that's maybe right. in some ways he entertained. But no, that that that's one that that because he he has always had a little bit of a, a spur in his his pocket in regards to Alabama. You know, he was recruited by Coach Bryant um, out of Tennessee. He went to Florida, and and when he got to Florida as the head coach, you know he he enjoyed beating Alabama. Unlike I think anybody else, even you know maybe Tennessee even, and of course you know in '92. Um yeah, that was the only time that Stalling's uh beat him and uh <laughs> fortunate to beat him then, but he's always had to me a spur about Alabama and uh, yeah, he he he's gonna ride that one uh forever. That's right.
9: Well, and, 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 and,
1: was, in, in in fairness, that was a that was a huge win for them. It
9: was a huge win. Of course he quit on his team later when he knew people were going to beat up on his team, and he couldn't stand the thought of it, so he just quit on them in the middle of the year. That's another story. But you know, Stephen Garcia played out of his mind in that game. In fact, if I remember this correctly, they lost to Kentucky the next week, and Stephen didn't even finish the season.
10: He was off the team before the season it was yeah, over. Yeah, that was he that run. When, in the
1: yeah, that was that period where Alabama. When you beat Alabama, it was epic, and I remember that 2010 team. Yeah. I was I was so paranoid about that game anyway because people were talking about they could beat an NFL team and all that. But Steven Garcia never played that well before or after. And no. you and you had a run like that. That's what it took to beat Alabama in those days. You had to you had to have uh, a lot of weird things had to happen. The quarterback had to play incredible. I mean, you look at. Um, even that season, coming off the 08, they went and I got to get to the break here. In a minute, but they went twelve and zero before losing to Tebow. Tebow, they got Tebowed in the fourth quarter of that one. Next year, they ran the table. Two thousand ten, they lost to Steven Garcia, Cam Newton, and um, and that Cam back, and they lost down at LSU. In two thousand and eleven, you know, the game of the century, uh, nine to six in overtime. Two thousand twelve, they got Manziel. Two thousand thirteen, they got kick sixth. Two thousand fourteen, they got uh, that incredible upset at, at, uh, at Ole Miss in 2015, they got Chad kelly in 2016. They got uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, it was, it was just a period where Alabama was so good that to yeah. beat them, it was, it, it, for, you know, whoever beat them, it was epic. So I, I, but you're right. Steven Garcia was an average quarterback before that game. He was an average quarterback after that game. He had problems off the field, but that day he was dynamic.
9: And we don't need Kentucky's quarterback to catch we, our defense. I don't think will allow it. We don't need the Kentucky quarterback to, to to light it up like their quarterback did. I hate to be bringing this up, but in '97, you know who Kentucky's quarterback was? Yeah, it was the it was, it was the
1: it was Tim Couch, right?
9: That's right. That's right. And we, they hadn't beaten had beat Alabama in
1: forever and uh, beat DeVos and them in overtime. Yeah, yeah.
9: We're not going to let it happen, Gary. Have a great weekend. Roll Tide.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lewis. Bad news is Devin Leary has been playing better lately, at quarterback for Kentucky. All right, got to get to the break here in a moment. But let's get Dossy squeezed in here real quick. Hey, Doss.
10: Hey, Gary. Uh, just a couple of thoughts from the week. First of all, the South Carolina people, they're still celebrating that win. Yeah. What's wrong with their program? Uh, that was a, their best team they had since the 80s and Todd Ellis and Sterling Sharp. They had you know, Marcus Lattimore and Alshon Jeffrey. That was a great team. But Spurrier, he'll compliment Alabama, too, sometimes if you really listen really close. I think it's jealousy is what it is, Might to be. be honest with you. But anyway, and then just kind of hopping on the Bryce Young thing, living up here. They've already turned on him, and it makes me mad because they're such a bad football team. But... uh You know, my memory of Kentucky, I just want to tell you this, too. In 1985, I was 10 years old. My dad took me to the Clemson-Kentucky game in Lexington. It was cold. It was a night game. And you were talking about Jerry Claiborne yesterday. Kentucky beat him badly. And uh, that that was a bad memory. But anyway, um, I just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, people we've talked about this week. I've been listening to your shows about, you know, whether they thought the season was going to go bad or not. I wasn't really all that shocked that they played bad at South Florida, and I wasn't that concerned after that game, believe it or not. My worry started in the Arkansas game. I think that's a a pretty bad team, and we played well in the first half, but not in the second. That's when I started to worry. So my question to you, I guess, is when do you think that the "quote unquote" light went on? Was it in that game, or maybe during the in between during the week, or, or whatever?
1: Well, I think the light went off for everybody. I think uh, you know just after the South Florida game. I think that you know Jalen Milroe played great against Middle Tennessee. Uh, you know, they had a chance to beat Texas. People, act like that they didn't have a chance to win that game, but they could have. Uh, but I, I think that, uh, you know, this is my opinion. I think Tommy Reese wanted to look at, at, at Buckner as the quarterback, and I think Coach Saban Uh, I I don't know what was going on uh, within the team but I think coach Saban just made a decision that they were going to play Tyler Buckner in that game and against South Florida and see what he had and then when he struggled they brought in Ty Simpson and and I think after that game I feel like what happened was they got together as a staff and Nick Saban just said hey listen Jalen Milrow is going to be the quarterback we're going forward with Jalen Milrow this offensive staff you've got to start building everything around Jalen Milrow he's the quarterback unless there's an injury and I just think that you know, for him, the light went off. I think for Tommy Reese, the light went off. I think for that whole team, the light went off. We got our guy, you know, because you didn't know, you know, the whole offseason, who's going to be the quarterback in the spring? Who's going to be the quarterback? You know, and all of a sudden, three games in, it's like, all right, here's our quarterback. Let's go play football. And it it just this team turned and 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 Milro just gets better. It seems like every week. And, you know, they're they're tough to handle right now, Doss.
10: Yeah, I know you got to get to your break, but I think I don't know what to expect to tomorrow. Um, I think we're going to win. I don't know what it's going to look like, but as far as Devin Leary, um, this is just my opinion. I haven't watched him at NC State. I think he's, he's terribly overrated. The pro scouts and everybody love him for some reason, but he does really well against lesser competition. But when he was at NC State, like they played Mississippi State and Clemson and North Carolina, he wasn't good. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to do well against tomorrow. I know you got to go. Thanks for taking the call.
1: All right, call. thanks, Dawson. Good to hear from you. 1032, we do have to go. All right, coming up in the next segment, Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report. Also, Bama football trivia presented by T-Town Men's and T-Town Gallery and the University Mall. We're going to have a uh, trivia question that ties in Bama and Kentucky. If you were listening earlier, you might even already know part of the answer. Uh, download the app real quickly, or if you already have it, you can not only uh, qualify through calling in here on the show, 205-342-9904, but you can also send the answer in on the app. And Justin and Noah will get it that way. And, of course, sometimes people social media uh, message me. And if I if you get the answer right, I'll try to get you qualified as well. But that comes up the entire next segment. So we got the Auburn Report plus Bama football trivia. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
0: Hovering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. Uh, we've not been able to get Brett Pritchard on the phone, but that's okay. Uh, if we've skipped Brett this week, we'll get him back next week because we got a lot to do anyway, and uh, we're going to run our contest. So I can, uh, I can certainly talk. Uh, I think we know that if you listen to the show, I don't have a problem talking. So I can, I can fill this segment without Brett. If I have to, I can go ahead and do my SEC point spread predictions. In fact, while they are qualifying people, so it's time for our uh, Bama football. Trivia contest presented by T Town Men's Wearing T Town Gallery in the University Mall. As I said, I put the picture out this morning on my Twitter account at Gary Harris underscore WVUA. And we had um, the Tide 109 and 1230 AMW TBC Twitter account retweeted it as well. And so we are, are ready to go with our. Contest And you can see that picture, like I said, on Twitter. It's beautiful. It's a Greg Gamble, uh, gorgeous print of Trent Richardson. Uh, We're a couple weeks out from the Iron Bowl, but this was 2011 when he ran through Auburn. And uh, it is signed by Trent. I do need to mention that it is signed by Trent. If you zoom in on it, you'll see right over his uh, left hip, uh, his Trent Richardson number three signature. So I don't think I mentioned that earlier, but this is a signed greg gamble iron bowl print featuring trent richardson hand signed by trent so this is big deal courtesy of t-town menswear and t-town gallery in the university mall so here's what we'll do i will give the trivia question first and main condominiums hotline is open at 205-342-9904 we'll start qualifying you you can qualify on the tide 109 app You can qualify. If you send me a message on social media and you're right, I'll get you qualified. And while they are doing the contest, talking about Justin and Noah, I'm going to be doing my SEC point spread predictions. So we're going to run this segment probably for a good 10 minutes or so. And uh, we'll even qualify you through the next break. So here is the question. And like I said, if you were listening earlier when I interviewed Gene Newberry, former Alabama quarterback and tight end, you kind of got half of the answer right then. It's not going to be a hard one, but it ties into our game tomorrow between Alabama and Kentucky. Of course, Alabama has dominated the series throughout the years against Kentucky. But here's the trivia question. There have been two coaches, two head coaches that served as the head coach at both. Alabama and Kentucky. Two head coaches, head football coaches, served as head coaches at both Alabama and Kentucky. I need you to name them. 205 342 9904 is the number for a chance to win this beautiful Greg Gamble, Trent Richardson Iron Bowl print, hand signed by Trent. Suitable for framing, will be framed, put up in your Bama room or Wherever you keep all your Bama memorabilia, it is beautiful. Who are the two head coaches that served as head coaches at both Alabama and Kentucky? All right, phones are ringing off the hook. We're going to be qualifying you throughout this entire segment. I will also uh, take qualifiers. If you social media message me, and you're right, I'll get it turned in. And, of course, the app, tide 109 app. You can qualify by sending a message through there. One more time before I get to my SEC point spread predictions, and then I'm going to let them be busy answering phones, and I'm going to run them down for you. What two head coaches in college football served as the head coach at both the University of Kentucky and the University of Alabama? I know it's not very difficult, but... Last week, I had people tell me I made it a little too difficult. So we're going to give you one that ties into this game, and you should be able to answer. All right, they're going to be busy answering phones, and I'm going to get to my SEC point spread predictions. All right. As I said earlier, one of our listeners, Chuck, he keeps me uh, checked on my picks. And um, I will tell you this. I'm back over 500, as I said. I was going to go ahead and give myself credit for the push last week and just call it a win and call myself five and three. But Chuck put it in as a tie, and it is a tie, and it is a push. It's not a loss. So for the season, I was 32-32 going into last weekend. Last week, I went 4-3-1. So I'm now 36-35-1 on the season. So I'm over 500 in my SEC point spread predictions. All the games this week, and I like it when it's like this, all the games this week are SEC versus SEC. There are no non-conference games. So I um, love the fact that it's all SEC versus SEC. So let's get to it. All right, first game I've obviously I'm going to pick is Alabama at Kentucky. The late, these are all the latest lines from this morning. Justin pulled them from this morning. So these are updated lines. These aren't Wednesday lines or Tuesday lines or Monday lines. These are this morning's lines. Alabama's laying eleven. Against the Wildcats. And on an interesting note, and I know you guys are answering phones, but listeners, how about this? Alabama plays at 11 a.m. on 11-11 in the 11th week of the season and is favored by 11 points. I just had a listener send me that message. Again, (laughs) Bama plays at 11 a.m. on 11-11 in the 11th week of the season and is favored by 11 points. That's a lot of 11s right there. Does it mean anything? Heck, I don't know, but it is interesting. Pretty cool. What about the game? All right. Well, I picked it on Titer Insider TV Tuesday night, and I picked it thirty-one thirteen. So I've got Alabama covering, obviously. I think, as I said earlier in the show, and I said Tuesday night on Tiger Insider TV, this Alabama team's come too far. They've navigated through too many, you know, blustery seas to lose at Kentucky. The win over he, Ole Miss was huge. The win at A&M was huge. The win over Tennessee was huge. The win over LSU was huge. Kentucky's a good team. They're a good team. Six and three. Devin Leary's playing better lately as the quarterback. A guy that they, they had high hopes for uh, coming in. They thought that the guy would you know be an all-SEC type candidate. He hasn't been, but he's playing better. And Ray Davis, their running back, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who started his career at Temple and is a veteran guy, 23 years old, he's had a phenomenal season. And you remember what he did against Florida. Ran for 280 yards and scored four touchdowns. So I say phenomenal season. He had a phenomenal game. Let's put it that way, okay? Had a phenomenal game. He has not had as great a season as that one game. He's been banged up some, but he's certainly capable of going off. Kentucky's at home. I think Mark Stoops is a good, hard-nosed football coach. So they'll they'll be game. They'll be ready. They'll be focused. But I just don't think it's going to matter. I just think Alabama... Is too good. The tide wins it thirty-one to thirteen and covers the eleven. All right, Auburn at Arkansas, and then this is a game I hope we would get to talk to Brett. I don't know what happened, but I noticed uh, when I texted him last night, he didn't respond. So I hope everything is is good there with him. But this is a big game for two teams that are just trying to get bowl eligible. This has the feel of a big game, doesn't it? Uh, Arkansas has been, you know. Way under expectations this year. Way under expectations. And then all of a sudden, they fire their offensive coordinator, Dan Enos, and Sam Pittman, and the Arkansas Razorbacks go into the swamp, go to Florida, and they suddenly win the game. They win the game last week. Auburn hit that stretch in the SEC where they couldn't win a game, and now they've played Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, and they've won a couple games in a row. They've got some momentum. So this feels like a much bigger game than it is in reality. Arkansas is minus two at home. I could see either one of these teams winning, but right now with Arkansas at home, I watched how they played against LSU and against Alabama and against Ole Miss. They were in those games, even against Alabama, when they got down, I guess twenty-four-six. They came back and 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 you know had a chance to win that game, at home, in Fayetteville. I'm going to take Arkansas laying the two, I'm taking Arkansas to win that game and cover, Ole Miss at Georgia. Wow, what a, And by the way, while I got a little break here, phone lines have have stopped have stopped ringing. Um, so let me give the trivia question again because we'll listen, man. This is a big print, Greg Gamble print. Hand signed by Trent Richardson. All you got to do to win it is answer our trivia question, get qualified, and then when we roll the roulette wheel, if it comes up on your name, your number, what number you qualified, you'll win the thing and we'll give it to you. Uh, we've given away all of our other great gifts. So, again, the trivia question is there are two head coaches that served as the head football coach of both Kentucky and Alabama. Who are they? There go the phone lines again. Who are the two head coaches that served as the head coach at both Kentucky and Alabama in football? Not that hard. And this print is gorgeous, hand-signed by Trent Richardson. So, (laughs) you know, if you had to buy this thing, I'm telling you, it wouldn't be cheap. 205-342-9904. All right, also, you can... Send it on the app, and I've seen I've got a couple of social media messages that I'll get I'll get you folks qualified here in a moment as well when I have time. All right, here's the um, here's the game back to the point spread predictions. Ole Miss catching eleven at Georgia. Uh, you know, listen, Georgia is going to win the SEC East. I'm just telling you. So they're not going to lose to Ole Miss. All right, I think Ole Miss is good. I think I think they're a good team. They couldn't win in Tuscaloosa, but I do think they can play this game uh, competitively. And I just think right now with Ole Miss catching 11, and I've gotten burned by Georgia, but I think Ole Miss catching 11 is, is, is too many here. I think this is a fourth quarter game. I like Ole Miss plus the 11. Okay, Missouri at home against Tennessee. Tennessee's favorite in Columbia. Minus two. I, You know, these are two pretty good teams, but I think the wrong team's favored here. I I think Missouri um, has two losses to LSU and and Georgia. They were in the game all the way in both of them. They're at home. I think they beat Tennessee, so I'm obviously going to take the plus two here. So I got Mizzou. Florida at LSU. Oh, man, this is a game that is just... LSU's a lot better than Florida. And... But Florida has shown some fight. Um, they're getting 15. I mean, Jaden Daniels, I think, is going to play in the game. I think he's been clear to play, but I just, I don't know why. I, I've been, the Florida's another team that's gotten me. I, I just think 15's too many. I know that sounds silly, but I think Florida's going to rise up and play hard and and they're fighting to try to get you know people off their coaches back and and LSU's good but LSU gives up points and um, you know 15s a lot of points so I'm going to take the Gators here I don't I don't have any visions of them winning the game but I am going to take um Florida plus the 15 all right A&M and Mississippi State and I don't know what Mississippi State's situation is if their quarterback's going to come back and play at all this year I know this, right now they're really bad. They're really a bad football team right now. And I took them last week at home against Kentucky, and they got beat 24-3, to three, scored three points. Jimbo Fisher's in a hornet's nest out there in College Station. This is a chance for them to beat up on somebody. And um, I'm, I'm going to take A&M minus a 17 here. I just think Mississippi State's throwing it in the towel. All right, so I'm getting A&M. All right, Vandy at South Carolina. South Carolina is minus 14. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. But South Carolina didn't need to be laying 14 to anybody. I mean, they were fortunate to beat Jacksonville State last week. I I don't don't see it. I I thought, you know, Vanderbilt, I see this as a game that could be in in doubt into the fourth quarter. So I'm clearly going to take the points here. I mean, I understand Vanderbilt. I I know who they are, but I also know who South Carolina is. And with the injuries and all that's happened, you know, I think people are suddenly thinking, well, they'll beat up on Vanderbilt. Maybe they will, but I don't see it that way. So I'm taking Vandy plus the 14. So to recap, I got Bama minus 11 at Kentucky, Arkansas minus two at home against Auburn, Ole Miss plus the 11 at Georgia, Missouri plus two at home against Tennessee, Florida plus 15 at LSU, A&M minus 17 at home against Mississippi State, and I've got Vandy plus... Catching 14 on the road at South Carolina. All right, that is going to do it for my point spread picks for this week. Again, I've got a winning record going into this week and uh, we are going to keep the phone lines open for just a couple more minutes during this break. And um, I've got a couple qualifiers I need to pass along to Justin and Noah as well. But we are going to come back with the final segment of the show. And right at the end of the show, we'll answer the trivia question for you and we will roll that roulette wheel and uh, everybody that gets qualified, if, you qualif- if you're if you the first qualifier, you get a one. If you're the 17th qualifier, you get a 17. We roll the wheel. Whatever number it lands on, it correlates to the number in which you qualified. That's how we choose our winner. No bias at all. So thanks for qualifying. Again, we'll keep the phone lines open for just a couple more minutes. The question one more time, who are the two head coaches in football that served as head coaches at both Alabama and Kentucky. Pretty easy question. And uh, we'll come back and wrap up the show on tie 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Houston Hydro Steam Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning t- If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timberson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. As much as free has evolved, it will- will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to The Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and 3 Vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or
0: Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at The Free. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa
5: weather. Cloudy and noticeably cooler today. Look for periods of rain through tonight. The high today is 67. Tonight's low 52. For tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy and very cool. Some rain at times both days. Highs between 58 and 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Best station in the state, breaking down Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Oh, man. You hear that music, you know we're winding it down for another week. Justin's final show with us, at least for the foreseeable future, maybe we can bring Justin back at some point, he's done a terrific job, Noah is no literally still qualifying people listen this is the last qualifier <clears throat> whoever knows got on the phone right now we got to cut it off and uh because we only got a couple minutes here to give you the answer and draw so get this last person in justin and then put a put an end to it you got them all right one more person they're gonna get qualified all right let me go ahead and give you the question and the answer again it wasn't very difficult when i was talking with uh Gene Newberry, earlier in the show, we gave you the answer to one of them. And, of course, everybody knows Coach Bryant. You know, uh, So the question was, who are the two head coaches that served as the head coach of both Alabama and in Kentucky? Pretty easy answer. Coach Paul Bear Bryant and Coach Bill Curry. Bear Bryant, of course, went the direction that you would expect most people to go, from Kentucky to Alabama, although he had a stop off at A&M. Uh, and Curry went in the other direction. You don't usually, You don't leave Alabama to coach football at Kentucky, but he did. Uh, of course he had his reasons, but so it's coach Bryant who served as the head coach at Kentucky and was the winningest coach in Kentucky history for all those years, even until last year when Mark Stoops probably finally won more games. Um, uh, that's how good Bryant was. He was the winningest coach at, at Alabama and Kentucky for a long time. Uh, so coach Bryant, Bill Curry was the answer and we had how many qualifiers, Justin? 26. Wow. Went up with 26. So again, we got 26 names. You got a number next to your name, roll that roulette wheel and let's see where it lands.
7: number five hunter in number five all
1: right hunter in uh, on the app qualified on oh the app. wow another app well, i tell you what no one's what wasn't whistling dixie when he said you need to download that app we've had i think we've had as many app winners as we have phone call winners all right hunter in listen to me if you're listening and, and, and i'm sure you are um, what we do is they've got your phone number they'll get it to me i'll get in touch with you in fact we got somebody coming monday Uh, to pick up the print from, heck, I can't keep up with it anymore. I guess last week. Anyway, I've got it. I can't. But anyway, thanks to T-Town Men's and T-Town Gallery for these great gifts. But this is the signed Trent Richardson print, 2011 Iron Bowl. Hunter N. is our winner. Thanks, everybody, for playing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Coming up next, Miller's Edge with uh, Corey and Kristen Miller. Big noon sports, noon until 2, and then it'll be the game with Ryan Fowler. He'll take you home. Have a great weekend, everybody. Of course, coming up on Monday, we'll break it all down, including Alabama, Kentucky, with Rodney Orr from com. For Justin and Noah, I'm Gary Justin, man. Uh, we're headed to Brick and Spoon. You're going you're gonna, to hey you gonna chow down on whatever your, your palate desires. On my on my dime we're gonna do that for, for Justin all right have a great weekend everybody talk to you again on Monday
0: thank you for listening to the Gary Harris show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.